Hello and welcome to the Emerald Gamescast episode 37. My name is Nolan, with me is... I'm Janelle. And? I'm Alex. And we're back on this day of August 14th to talk about... Guess what we're talking about, Janelle? Video games? Video games. Bing, bing, bing. Video games. That's at least what I came to talk about. I hope you guys prepared some video game talks also. Nah, man, I came to talk about... There is a war happening right now. Are you familiar with this? What war is happening right now? There is a battle happening, alright? Two massive world powers are going head-to-head in a war of attrition right now. Are you familiar? Have you been keeping up with this? Who? I am, of course, referring to Fortnite and the Apple Store. Oh, we're just going right into the news. Yeah, I thought it was a cute little segue to talk about the war. Yeah, Alex, um, tell me about the Apple and the Fortnite. Tim Apple and Tim Sweeney. Yeah, this is such a strange thing to me. So over, I think it was about a week ago now, right? Give or take. Um, we're recording this, by the way, on uh, the 14th of August. So yes. about a week ago, maybe. Um, Fortnite just changed a payment processing thing on uh, Apple and Google Play where you could bypass the uh, the stores. Like, you could bypass the, the tax needed for the Apple Store and the Google Play Store. Right, so Fortnite had, like, an internal payment system. Yes. So, pay in yeah. the app. so you could pay in the app for nine ninety nine if you wanted, like, a thousand V-Bucks, or you could pay, like, six ninety nine for that same amount of V-Bucks. So, like... The, the option like was extremely not allowed to do that. Yeah, uh, they were not a fan of it, um, and so Apple was like, "Don't do that," and they pulled it from their store. Google Play also did. And have you guys seen the short film that uh, Epic released? I I wanted it. to talk about this more than anything. I'm astounded about. I mean, like, I get it in context what they're trying to go for, but good God, the. Tell, so tell the audience up. what this is. I haven't watched it, so tell me about it. <laughs> tell the so audience what this is. It's called Fort 1984, for starters. Ugh! And it Go is to a, hell, Epic. And it, it is a reference to the really famous um, Apple trailer that played during the, w- the Super Bowl once. And this trailer was so powerful, it's only ever been televised once. And it's been referenced and re-referenced like a billion times about like the voice. People are all sitting in a room looking at a voice in like a gray screen. And they're like, you have to conform is basically the message. And then someone comes in and throws a hammer and like just reinvents the whole system. And it was an ad for the new Macintosh line of computers that was coming out. Mm-hmm. What Fortnite did was they used that. And then their rebel is the default Fortnite skin girl. And she throws a fucking uh, llama hammer at the screen. Oh my God. And there's like text on the screen that's like, uh, I, f- I forget the exact hashtag. Isn't it save Fortnite? It, it is. Um, uh, no, yeah. it's, it's oh actually, God. it's free Fortnite. Free Fortnite. That's what it is. Um, because they don't like that they have to pay the Apple tax. Um, so, no, here's the thing. This isn't an original thought because I, I believe it was Patrick Klepek of Vice Games who said this first. Good guy. Cool guy. Yeah, he's a really cool guy. But um, they're like a multi-million dollar company. They're, yeah, they're <laughs> no, not the underdog. They're, they're not the underdog here. And... Holy shit. You should define... I don't think anyone said what the Apple tax is, by the way. What what, what mm. that is, is that Apple takes a 30% cut of all revenue from in-app purchases. So Epic can basically get the full 100% cut by having people pay directly through their own system rather than Apple's back end. So 
just to be clear on why this wasn't like a random move. Sure. But thank you. Yeah, that's not that's... for since Alex skipped over it, but you're right though. Yeah, they like they're fine. They're not some small company who this is like going to affect negatively. And frankly, like, you know, these two app stores have the same rules and the same policies for everybody. You don't get to throw a fit about it because you're one of the biggest companies that exist in the 21st century. However, on the other hand, Apple also doesn't necessarily need that 30% cut either. I'm not really, I don't know if I really even have a side here. I just don't like Fortnite being thrown into the ring with, you know, George Orwell imagery. It's a little much. It's just yeah. a little yeah. much, you know. Yeah. It's it's a it's a corporate feud, and they're using imagery from the most iconic book about oppressed people standing up against a regime. It's right. Fortnite is not the oppressed majority. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, I think that the 1984 reference goes as far as the name. The imagery is a is a is an Apple joke. It's a yeah, play but off the, of the but, but the Apple the commercial is a though. the Apple sure. commercial is a reference to 1984. Sure, sure. Like the the Apple the Apple commercial is actually a, a a mockery of a scene from the movie with the exact same blocking. So it's oh, I, know I didn't that, know that okay. I know that the joke I know that the joke is them ripping on Apple. But that scene is the people of Oceania listening to a speech by Big Brother. And then Apple just riffed off of that to basically assert that Microsoft was the Big Brother. And that they, they were the rebellious. new, yeah, they were the right. new hip thing on the block. Um, so this is like a game of telephone. The imagery is being muddled over the years, but sure, that's the source sure. at the very least. Okay, that yeah. makes sense. I guess the thing that's annoying me about it is that like Google is also being seen as this like horrible dictator in the e-commerce world but it's still available on android you just can't buy it on the google play store right now because or download it on the play store because they didn't meet the play store's policies like they didn't make it impossible to play on your fucking google cell phone and they and they wouldn't they wouldn't be able to either because you can you can run anything that is a apk executable you could run on an android if you have the file um I guess that's the big difference between Apple and Google just in general is you you need the App Store on an iPhone yeah. Yeah. to get yeah. these things. Here's here's my question though. Do you think Fortnite has enough power to pull this off? Will they will will Apple back down in this war of attrition? Because they have weaponized one of the most noxious toxic weapons in the world. Gamers. 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 They're having, like, l- fucking children are going to come to their parents and be like, why can't I play Fortnite anymore? I want to buy V-Bucks. And suddenly, Apple's going to be, like, the bad guy, right? I mean, They've... Apple's always the bad guy for some reason or another. Well, sure, and, and it... most of those reasons are right, you know? Yeah. But... It just, I don't think that, like, Fortnite is the thing that's going to make Tim and Tom Apple quake in their apple shoes fortnite well, like, is uh, making a lot of money though this is fortnite is still one of the biggest like video games in the world right sure so for them like, to suddenly decide that they they have a pretty decent uh bar- bargaining chip here right like and i'm curious mm-hmm. to see how this plays out and i'm with nolan like i don't really feel any sympathy for either of these multi-million dollar companies billion dollar companies but I'm I'm curious to see how this plays out. Like what what's going to happen? Because if Fortnite continues to grow, is there a 
non-zero chance that the absence of Fortnite on an iPhone will actually, at least in some minor way, affect market share. Maybe not with the majority of users, because I don't think the majority of users care, but Fortnite has something like 15 million players. Yeah, it's, it's um, one of the most profitable on the, uh, the App Store. It's one of the most profitable games on the entire App Store. I so. think the thing is that I have to remind myself is that when I'm thinking of sales numbers, I'm typically thinking of things like ticket sales or sales of uh, copies of a video game, sure, wherein yeah. millions is a pretty big deal. But with a cell phone company, okay, if you have what 15 million Fortnite players and that's split between three consoles pc and mobile and tablets and even then on mobile and tablets that's that's bisected by android v apple as well my question is that number is getting down to single digit millions and even then how many of them would be swayed by playing that only on their mobile so I think that it's a compelling idea that like Epic could sway Apple's market share, but numbers wise, I don't know how much Apple actually needs to care about four, five million phones, especially when the consequence is basically the erosion of their walled garden system. Totally. Yeah, I, that's why I'm so curious about it because I, I'm curious where you got those numbers. That might have been the article I didn't that I, I just didn't notice. But like Fortnite, I didn't. I didn't get. I didn't get numbers out of stats. I was just taking the Fortnite player number and just sort of like ballparking. Like I wonder how many of those people are on mobile. How, you know, don't take any of that. Uh, don't quote me on it, listeners. Sure. I think more people are on mobile than I think I, any of us realize. Like Fortnite is, like I said, it's the biggest game in the world. It's also like the people's game. The idea that you can play it anywhere, right? Um, so you have kids and people around the world that can't, you know afford or don't have a console that are playing this just fine on a phone with their friends you know uh by the way i did just look up how many Fortnite players there are and i want to say that whatever number i was quoting i think was was definitely wrong because i'm fact checking myself live here Fortnite currently has 350 million players so it is massive i absolutely had an outdated number so we're actually talking probably tens of millions of phones which definitely changes what i was saying and it's only and it was on an upward tick it's only getting bigger right this game can only go up until you know eventually the bubble will burst but i don't think we're going to be there for quite a while so So, yeah after after seeing that number i i'm i'm definitely more inclined to think this this could make a difference i i just i don't know that i want to live in the timeline where Fortnite breaks apple's stranglehold in the app store that's just so weird to think about and like will that be for everyone because it wouldn't surprise me at all if if epic is just fighting for themselves like last last episode we talked about the Fortnite metaverse right and i think yeah, Sweeney yeah. himself tweeted out like apple is directly harming the idea of the metaverse which like I don't think that's true. Like they I don't had think your the game. metaverse would be on a phone anyways. Well, the metaverse, the metaverse is part of a phone. The metaverse is everything. That's just it. Oh, everything is interconnected. That's what I was saying. It's the people's game. You can play this with anyone on anything. And like, yeah, Fortnite was also really influential in taking down, uh, console like crossplay and being one of the big pushes towards that. And a lot of people have benefited from that, but like, uh-huh. I'm curious to see if some, the same thing would happen with the Apple Store. 
By the way, I think it's really weird that they have not tried this move with consoles yet. Yeah. Like they're they're just hedging that because consoles have a very similar system where they get a percentage of the shares if you buy it on their online store or whatever, right? So, like, are they? Is this like a threat to the console community? Like, are, are Sony and Microsoft and Nintendo kind of having conferences and being like, what are we gonna do if they come after us, right? Mm-hmm, like, what mm-hmm. what is this? I, I I'm just really curious to know what this means, and I'm sure we'll hear more about it and we'll talk about it. Epic did plan on filing a lawsuit, or actually not quite a lawsuit. They said it was legal papers. Um, so I'm very curious to see where this goes. Because this is, just, it's a very strange thing to have come out of nowhere. Um, and honestly, Fortnite it makes is... me more, it makes Sorry, me more, cons- I was just going to say, it makes me more concerned than interested. Because like, I don't know, the idea of reducing that, um, you, like the phrase wall garden you used, lowering the walls in that garden so other people can come in could be interesting. Yeah. But like, and, and it... more than, it's more than Epic that's complained about, particularly Apple's really restrictive and rigorous process for... Uh, verification for their services so it certainly would not be a bad thing if apple's walled garden were eroded a little bit at least in my opinion because i prefer the more open platforms anyways but i think what makes me have such apprehension about the idea of Fortnite being used as this bargaining chip to sway one of the biggest companies in the world into potentially altering their policies is uh, kind of just the selfish reason that I'm not a particularly big fan yeah. of the monetization model and the style of game that Fortnite is. And, you know, the trends that the games industry follows, well, they come close in line after money and after success. And I just don't particularly want it to be Fortnite that radicalizes the industry and and becomes the next like hot button it it it, it, already, it already is, is the current yeah. <laughs> it, it already is the current hot button thing but whenever this happens when modern warfare 4 launched and forever changed the landscape of multiplayer shooters and multiplayer in general across every genre every game forever for like a decade had rpg uh experience mechanics and unlocks and uh post-match rewards and player cards and titles and emblems for like 10 years and i just don't necessarily want every game to have battle passes skins dance emotes we're already there we're already there i know we're already there and it's like i want i want the bubble to burst and this is only getting making the bubble stronger Yeah, yeah yeah The bubble's getting stronger, and I want, I want out, is what I want. That's yeah, fair. That, that is completely fair, and I, and you know I'm sure we'll be, we'll, I'm sure we'll be updating the listeners on this, but this is a very strange scenario that I don't feel like rooting for anyone, um, because yeah, it's it's one multi million dollar company versus a couple other multi million dollar companies. I'm not, there is no underdog here, right? It's it's everyone wants a bigger slice of the pie or a slice of the pie, right? So like, yeah. I and don't there's know. just no, there's just no getting away from Fortnite, man. None of us play it, but we'll never be able to not report on it, and we shouldn't because I mean, I mean that we shouldn't not report on it because Fortnite is 
regardless of what you feel about its players or the way it is as a game it's it's the thing and it's going to be remembered for decades massive i mean massive cultural relevance it is this is this is uh i don't i don't i don't want to say it's like the pokemon i was of our actually time, but it's close that. it's very it's very close i was gonna it's too early to, to say that we can't say that well uh, i agree with you too early like in terms of cultural impact like like yeah we don't have a lot of other things with this like cartoony violence art style as influencing like what you know media kids consume or whatever but in terms of what it's doing to like game genres and like the model of Mm -hmm. how we get content to people it's you'd be hard-pressed to find a kid that doesn't know what Fortnite is. Sure. Yeah. Or at least has tried it. Just like Pokemon in the 90s. And and part of the appeal of Pokemon in the 90s was that it was multi... It was mul- it was genre mixing, right? You had a cartoon. You had a card game. You had video games. You had toys and all sorts of marketing. The same thing is happening with Fortnite, except it's kind of leveraging... Instead of it being multiple genres, it's the same thing with a much wider reach, Right. You do not have to go buy a Game Boy for for this. Your phone will work just fine. Sure. I'm not saying that Fortnite isn't, like, important or culturally relevant. I just think that, like, maybe to a point since, like, we paid so much attention to the video game industry because that is the entirety of what we do, I think maybe it's more amplified for us. And and sure, there aren't going to be many kids who probably don't know about Fortnite in the U.S. Like, I don't know. All, All I'm saying, look... I don't care about how big Fortnite is. I think it's really stupid that they're throwing a baby fit over cell phone companies, not letting them do their weird practices. That's all I think about it. I, I get, I get what you're saying. And I, I completely agree. I mean, Fortnite is not a cultural paradigm shift, like on the scale of Pokemon, but it's the first thing that I can think of since Pokemon where I can, I can imagine something like, not that this has happened, mm-hmm. but it's not far-fetched to imagine in the early 2000s or something, a senator or a presidential candidate making a Pikachu reference. Sure. Because it's just, it's that big. It's like, it, it reaches every, every generation was passingly aware of Pokemon and had differing levels of knowledge, but everybody knew about it. And even if they didn't care about it, they didn't, they knew what it looked like. And I think that Fortnite is the first thing I can think of in the video game industry that has been like that. Sure. Unless I'm missing something. I think... I can't... Yeah, I think Fortnite... There are games that have been big and have been like, you know, I would argue household names. Like, you know, you had the Call of Duty craze. You even had like Halo or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you could even say like the Wii as a, as a whole. Wii Sports, right? But... N- That's true. But n- I don't think any of them have reached the same level. I guess just, like, looking back to earlier in the conversation, the thing that gets me is, like, Fortnite getting mad and not, like, having their games on Apple isn't going to kill Apple. And I don't think they're going to need to back down to Fortnite when Apple, I mean, hell, they charged, like, what was it, like, $1,000 for a TV stand? And their phones break after a year. And there was that whole thing with the FBI. And I just don't think that Fortnite is going to be the thing that makes them, like, step back from anything that they're already doing. I don't think anyone's saying Fortnite would kill Apple. Just Not that, kill Apple, would this, but... Would this get them to change any... Like, would would they bend App Store policies to get Fortnite back on the App Store? I don't think Apple's so. losing money from this now. Like... 
I doubt they're losing that much money is the thing. Apple has so much money and they're continuously getting oh, so absolutely. much money that I just, I would love to see the numbers for like the number of, Fort, the number of dollars that Fortnite is bringing in compared to like how much they would lose if they got rid of that 30% cut. I think it's important to note though that Apple does not do anything. Like Apple tried to, has developed all of their computers and their their $1,000 stands and their phones or whatever. They, Fortnite is a, a money-making machine for them. If they put it on their app and they get a percentage of every microtransaction, then like they just get a ton of money for no work, you know? Well, yeah, which is why I don't think that they'll make it so that they don't get their 30% cut anymore. Yeah. I honestly, I have no idea where this is going to go. And I'm sure yeah. we'll have more to say very soon. But this is this is a this is a very wild story to me. And this isn't even like new, by the way. Fortnite removed themselves from the Google Play Store back yeah. in 2018. And then made like some like really grumpy comment about yeah. um, Google's practices. Like this isn't new. It's just, I don't know. It's it's surprising to see it happen from the cell phone companies, not from yeah. Epic. They want to see, well, I mean, it was Epic that provoked it by literally implementing a workaround. Well, yeah. But they want to yeah, see. How, yeah, that's true. They want to see how far they can push it um yeah and i guess which is like i'm with you guys and that these are all just a bunch of like billion dollar companies and i don't give a shit but just Fortnite, like the the epic guys doing whatever they can just to get a little bit more money grosses me out in like a really specific way so even though i don't like care about apple or google making more money i especially don't want Fortnite to get their way by like throwing their money around and being babies yeah and, you know, maybe lowering the walled garden will be good. I don't know. Maybe yeah. if it even happens. But like I said, we'll have more to talk about at another point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You g- Let's talk about a different battle royale. A real, a real good game that has been launched by Devolver Digital and has become their biggest launch ever. Speaking of big games, not, not quite games that could shake the foundation of a global corporation. Not quite, but... Uh... Not quite. But Devolver Digital's Fall Guys which is sort of like a battle royale by way of like a Alex you compared it to Takeshi's Challenge which listeners I guess or is kind of like Takeshi's the show Castle. Wipeout yeah yes like 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 Wipeout get to the end of an obstacle course while big stuff tries to knock you off it's all stylized it looks like foam game. too it's real cute um yeah it's it's real it's real fun and that game just launched and hit 100,000 players which is not big i think for most games it is the third biggest game on steam as of writing this yes let me let me let me clarify when i say not big for most games i mean 100k players would not be like a big deal in the grand history of concurrent players on multiplayer games but for an indie game that is 20 dollars and is so weird in its concept to reach such success in such short time is really big and at the moment i don't predict this game will be like third on steam for years but for it to be there right now is huge totally and it's it's fun it is fun i was really put off by it for the first like couple weeks it was out and i really didn't want to play it but you've played a couple games and what put you off it's embarrassing but like i don't know i I'd like to think that for the most part, this is a thing that I've grown out of, but I, I had this problem when I was younger that I think a lot of people have, which is like, this really popular thing is annoying because it's all people are talking about and I hate it, <laughs> which is Fall Guys a little bit, to be honest. My Twitter has been really annoying for a couple of weeks now, but finally tried it and had mm-hmm. fun. Shocking. 
nobody's surprised. Popular things are popular for a reason. Mm-hmm. To like yeah. to high school me watching Breaking Bad. <laughs> but um, did you avoid that show for the same reason? Yeah, mistake. See, that's an easy trap to fall into. But I think when I was younger, it bugged me so much when people did that that I was like, "There must be a reason why this thing is popular." I was the opposite of you. <laughs> I think I went the other direction, except for The Sopranos. Never watched The Sopranos. Listeners, email me your favorite episode of The Sopranos. <laughs> give me give me your best Tony Soprano compilation on YouTube. When are we going to get a James Godolphy skin for the one of the Fall Guys? When are we going to get a Fortnite skin for one of the Fall Guys? Oh, God. Honestly, not probably soon. Probably soon. Probably soon. But that game's fun, guys. We played it together a little bit. I have been playing this yeah. game so much. I have been playing this game an unhealthy amount. I... I... What day did it come out? Do you guys know? Uh, no, I it came out this you. month, though, right? It came out not it's... long ago. Um, like within its like first month or so, it was already on like the free PlayStation Plus. Yeah, literally, literally the day crazy. it came out was the the PlayStation yeah. Plus game, which I think a lot like Rocket League was huge for it because you got a lot of people talking about it and a lot of people playing it. Um, yeah, I was actually gonna bring that up as something that this game has precedent with. Um, that's a really interesting tactic, I think, putting yeah. your game out for free right when it releases, because if you have a game you're pretty confident in, but isn't very easy to market, I think that that's the way to go. It worked for Rocket League. And I mean, Fall Guys, look, Fall Guys is easy to market because visually that game is fun to watch. Yes. And if a game is fun to watch, it's fun to stream. And mm-hmm. if a game is fun to stream, then people know about yep, it. Yep, yep, yep. But... The thing that I think makes it a good idea to still put your game on top is that I can only speak for myself, but there are so many games that use physics-based hijinks to draw in the streamer crowd that oftentimes if I see a game like that, I'm sometimes dissuaded from it because I have a, you know, sort of this like preconceived notion that a lot of these games that are designed to be good to stream are kind of shallow I think that if you get it out there and people get a chance to play it, you know, you can have people like me play it and go, ah, yeah, I wouldn't have bought this if I had just seen a trailer, but heck, I'd pay for it now. Yeah. Well, now you don't need to. Yeah. yeah now I don't need free. to. Um, I remember seeing the trailer on this for this at like, I want to say it was like 2018, um, the Devolver press conference at E3. Um, and it looked like a lot of fun. It was really cute. It had like a, they had the, uh, the song from, uh, Oh god, what what was it? Um not the banana boat song, but uh What's the what's the show about the 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 go- or the movie about the ghost retailer, right? Or no, he was a No idea. Beetlejuice. He, he no wasn't idea. a retailer. He was a he was a exterminator. <laughs> I hate that movie. Really? Beetlejuice is fun. Yeah. Oh, it's, it makes me feel really gross. Why? It's Have you seen Beetlejuice? No. Well, watch it. It's it makes okay. me feel yucky inside. I don't like him. Y- do you disgusting. mean you don't Listeners, like the part? I'm gonna live look up Beetlejuice. You mean you <laughs> look at him? I mean, he's definitely gross, but that's like, like the thing. That's the joke. Characters that's have his gross thing. designs. Yes. I mean, there's so much cussing. Anyway, this yeah, is there's... in our Beetlejuice podcast, which will come out October fifteenth, twenty twenty. Remember, remember the scene when he like. Because he's like a goofy ghost boy, he like grabs his crotch and goes, "Nice fucking model!" and makes like a car, like cartoon car honking noise. I always think about that uh, scene. 
Oh, it sounds like The Mask. It sounds like Jim Carrey's hit film, The Mask. Yeah, it, it, the two came out not too far apart, I don't think. No, no, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Beetlejuice was 80-something, and Mask was... Uh, wait, was Mask also 80-something? God damn it. I'm not Don't worry. No matter no matter how wrong you are, it won't be as embarrassingly wrong as for the I mask. was about Fortnite's player count. So uh, don't worry. Yeah. To be fair, I think Alex said that number first. No, I, I think that was me. Oh, I didn't say that. Listener, he, I didn't know email us who said it first. <laughs> Please Beetle email Juice us. Beetlejuice came yeah. out eight years before the mask. Okay. Okay. Eight, eight years before the mask. Yeah. There you go. So. Um, well, <laughs> but real quick, do yeah. you think Devolver? Do you think uh, Fall Guys will reach the level of Rocket League where it's become like this massive hit? Because like I, I think it's got potential. I think if they fix it, what's I, broken I about don't. it? Well, I mean, like. At least, maybe this is just my PlayStation, but, like, you know, it, it can get a little weird, like, technically speaking. I don't know technical terms. So, my technical term is that it can get a little weird sometimes. There okay. are some big, like, frame rate issues. Just small oh, things yeah. like oh, that yeah. that are holding it back, I think. And I don't know, man. Rocket League was really big. I don't think it'll get as big as Rocket League. And, 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 and my reasoning is different. It's that Fall Guys has a very different kind of scale ceiling you can get pretty good at Fall Guys, but it definitely still relies on a kind of zaniness and randomness that is really conducive to a game exploding quick and burning quick, but not conducive to a game being something that people continue to play for years. Like Rocket League has longevity because you can learn that game like you can learn a skill or a craft yeah and fall guys i don't think has that longevity even other battle royale games do have that you learn them like fighting games you learn meta and tech and you learn how to evolve your play style um i haven't played fall guys enough to know if i'm right but i kind of get the impression you, that's a game that you are just there for the unpredictability of you're you're there for the experience but you're not gonna like go practice your fall guy tech oh. and get really good at learning how to how to like oh you have play the game you have not itself. been hanging out with me and my friends enough because we oh. this is literally what we've been talking about um <laughs> but i okay but i mean do you do you, do you think that like could could this game have a pro circuit where where people are so notably good at fall guys that they couldn't just get thrown into a random match and no, like if you took if you took Cronovi from Rocket League and threw him into fifty random matches, he would win every single one. No, of them. absolutely not. And here's but why: yeah, yeah, yeah. If you had a Fall Guys pro, they still might lose every time. Here, no, here's why: I don't think that's true. And here's why: this game is designed to be approachable. It is designed so that anyone. Yeah. I, I showed a link of like a a child, like a six year old, playing and enjoying this game. Um, th this game oh, is yeah. Oh, yeah. designed to be approachable, and I think that. And the fact that the biggest criticism that people have with Fall Guys is that it's repetitive. Like, all the maps are, like, there's not there's a limited amount of maps, and you end up having repeats all the time. And, like, some people don't like those, which is true. But the way that it's set up, it could be, you know, as, as much as I, I dislike this word, something akin to games to the service, right? Mm -hmm, this game mm -hmm. could be updated for as long as people are buying and playing it. You know, with new yeah. maps, new features, new modes new things there is a lot of room for this game to grow um 
But comparing it directly to Rocket League and when you're talking about a pro scene is, I think, not quite fair because, like I said, it's well, it's designed for I'm not, everyone. I'm not saying that this game will not be like Rocket League because it doesn't have a pro scene. I'm just making the comparison that, like, games that are approachable are great and they draw big player counts, but games that are approachable, I think, have less of a history of attracting people to stick with them and fully like dig to the bottom of them for years at a time you know i don't know like, man you, think about smash will, bros like, think you about will, you will have eventually played you will have eventually played enough of fall guys to like have optimized your strat whereas in smash bros melee is approachable but it's not approachable to the point that a person approaching that game could play with someone who has lifestyled that game and i think fall guys is like Somebody who lifestyles Fall Guys will be marginally better than someone who doesn't, but it's still so random that it's not like you're gonna differentiate the way you play Fall Guys. It's so like you're marginal. Just still playing this. That's the thing. Like the developers actually said in an interview, their goal was fifty percent luck and fifty percent like skill, basically. But that's exactly why I'm saying it won't last. The game will be really popular for a while, like a year or maybe even two. But you're not going to have people who are like, yeah, Fall Guys is my game. I've been playing this for seven years because if it's 50% luck, it'll be really, really, really fun right up until the novelty wears off. It's like people don't still play Brawl competitively. Oh, they do. Because Brawl, okay, they, they do. But Brawl is acknowledged as a competitively less interesting game than a more tightly wound one like Melee. But I just addressed because that this isn't it's a competitively more of an approachable game. party game. And approachable party games don't have the same sort of like you don't have a community on approachable party games to the same degree you do for games that are designed for people to probe into them and learn as they play. yeah people are not playing brawl competitively but like more right. people are playing brawl than people than i think most people have played melee partially because of the wii and partially because it was so approachable you know yeah but like like five hundred thousand people playing a game for one year versus a tenth of that amount playing it for 10 years is like a very different that's where like your community and longevity comes from sure not just from was this game popular and fun to watch and approachable it's like does this game have a depth left undiscovered that people can still dig into and all i'm saying is i think that fall guys does have a depth to dig into but like it's like how fortnite is a very approachable game but I think I'm not in the pro night, the pro night, Fortnite pro, pro night. scene. The, well, the pro night scene. I'm not in the Fortnite pro scene, but the people I think who are still playing it a lot are really good at the mechanics and really understanding how to build efficiently or uh, dance efficiently, whatever you do in Fortnite. <laughs> but that's not going to be the Watch same. Watch Tenant for Fall efficiently. Guys. That... Or, no, wait, what was it? Uh, it wasn't Tenant. Inception. Yeah, yeah. Watch Inception whatever yeah. like that doesn't mean fall guys isn't a great fun little game but it's not going to be the next Fortnite. Because... oh absolutely not nothing will ever be the next Fortnite. that's kind of what we were just talking about earlier but i think it'll still do it'll still have its own i think this game will and maybe i'll eat my words in a few years but i think this game will last more than people are expecting it to yeah, yeah. i guess maybe i'm just a little maybe i'm kind of cynical towards this in general maybe i don't know i i really like fall guys i just don't i don't see it lasting the way you do however let me tell you listener 
I'd be happy if it did because that game's really fun. And Devolver, I do want updates to Fall Guys. I will continue to play Fall Guys. I just don't expect to be dropped. And that's the other thing. 60 player matches are going to limit the longevity as well. Battle Royale games die faster than other genres because the lobbies are so big. And I don't think this game will be hit by that too hard because um, the, it's such a low commitment. Like to get into a match of PUBG or something, you're there for an hour uh, if you're playing the whole length of it. For a Fall Guys thing, you 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 could be there for like three minutes if you are not if you're not getting into yeah. the, you know yeah this succeeding rounds. So it, it's going to be different, but you know this game is a perfect storm. It is it is PUBG a la Mario, right? Like it just it yeah. it is interesting and approachable and family friendly and like it's just sort of i i definitely see this game making a name for itself and like doing pretty well yeah. in the future um but we'll see what the future holds because you know it's really it's really damn good i just don't see like there being you know like a fall guy you go on like the rainbow six siege sub or something and there's like people who their whole youtube channel is dedicated to like exploring this one game and people debating like what these new updates are going to do to the meta and how it's played. Rainbow Six Siege. And I feel like this game, I feel like games like this are more prone to people coming in and going like, damn, that's really fun for like a couple weeks and then moving on. When and did Rainbow Six players come like out? you and Frankie, players like you and Frankie will stay around and probe it, but I'm just saying you're not going to be the majority Nolan, of players. Nolan, when did Rainbow Six counts. come out? Like four years ago, I I thought it was longer, but this game, uh, yeah, Rainbow Six has been out for a long time. This game yeah. just came out, and we're already starting to see bits of that. Again, we'll see how long it lasts, but I think I know, this game. I know, has but we're but 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 we're making predictions, and I sure. said I don't. I, I'm not saying I don't see that right now. I'm saying I don't see as an I don't. I can't visualize that happening to the same extent, but you know. Whatever. Nobody will know until the game has been out a little longer. Yeah. I'm just throwing around predictions here based off of other games that get, like, communities that last. Sure. You know what game's not out? <laughs> what oh, game yeah. isn't out? Halo. It wasn't going to be out today. It's not going to be out this year at all. It was going to be out uh, this holiday season, if I remember right. Um, yep, it was going to launch with the Xbox... Uh, I don't remember what, what they're it? calling it. Series... The Xbox Series X. Oh, my God. Give it a normal name. Just the call new it the Xbox. Xbox. No, they did that last time with the Xbox One. No, that was the Xbox One. Call it the new Xbox That's, or the Xbox. Th- th- these are all equally awful names. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, to be fair, they pushed themselves into this corner when they did three consoles without, like, a continuity of names. They, they've already hurt themselves. What they should have done is just done the Xbox Two, but... You know the lore on that. Yeah. The PlayStation was already on the 3, and they thought they'd look worse in the store if they had a 2 next to hey, it. So this isn't, like, a funny joke, but it's... <laughs> do you guys think? <laughs> I know that, like, you know, Windows is already on computers. <laughs> That's the whole idea. But do you think that someday, like, Xbox will release PCs called, like, the the square box or, like, the, huh. the rectangle box, and <laughs> it's just an Xbox PC officially? I we'll see. I have some well, thoughts. Already have... I have some thoughts about Xbox's future that we'll talk about in a bit, probably. But mm-hmm. we'll see. But um, in any case, their biggest game that is it was going to launch with the console, right? Yeah, is delayed until next year. 
mm-hmm. which points to some pretty bad signs over there, I'd say. This is a... Halo yeah. is there... Oh, sorry, Alex. Uh, you're what? fine. I was just going to say, I think this is a death sentence for the new Xbox, because if you don't have a big first-party title for your console, I don't know. And if you have to wait a whole year for that, I don't know how that's going to turn out yeah. for them. And, like, Halo is is their big IP. That's yeah. their... That's their biggest game franchise. And if they can't even like make that work out right now, what does that say for any other Xbox game that's supposed to be coming out at launch too or around launch? This looks bad for Xbox, but I think with Microsoft in general, I can speak for myself in saying that I'll be playing Halo Infinite on PC with Game Pass. (laughs) I think that it already seems like Microsoft is moving away from the idea of the box beneath your TV being the sole focus of their platform um so do you think we'll get anything to replace halo infinite for the launch window that could be well nothing could have the equal amount of pedigree but do they have anything lined up to fill this gap that's just it right i'm not sure i can't think of anything like, launch yeah, titles I'm... are usually pretty rough. Um, Halo was going to be a, a, a pretty stellar launch title. Breath of the Wild for uh, the Switch was a pretty good launch title. Um, but, like, you know, even, like, the PS4, which had a really famously rough launch title, it launched with Knack. It launched with a exclusive. I don't sure. mm-hmm. I don't know if the Xbox has anything, but what were you going to say? Jim? I remember when uh, I got my PS4. It's Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed? Yeah. For the launch window? I think so. But you can also get that on your PS4 and PS5. Yep. Okay, yeah. so, okay, launching. No, hold on. This is launching with Game Pass. Oh. Where is. I didn't read listeners. <laughs> yeah, this just says planned. It's not launch games. Ah. Uh. So they will have Assassin's Creed. I don't know that this will affect a lot of people because. No, I take that back. This will. I was going to say because they're already releasing everything on PC anyways, but that doesn't really matter because there's still a lot of people who are going to focus on Xbox as a console yeah. for their for their choice. I think that Microsoft maybe doesn't seem to care as much this round about the console, I guess is the point that I'm getting sure. at. Sure. No, and you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. That's a very good do point. You think, do you think they're getting closer than not to not making consoles anymore? Yeah, it's, yeah oh, man, absolutely. If, if they are... If they are, I think it's more than it's more than one generation away. I I don't even think I don't think this would be the last Xbox. No, I think we'll get one more after this. Yeah, but I, I am one, I'm one hundred percent with you, Janelle. I think that they are going to go the way of Sega very very soon. Where actually, there's a lot of similarities. They were both known for having the most powerful console, um, and then they didn't really have enough interesting and unique games to support it. And I think that they'll end up doing uh, multi-platform publishing and developing. Um, I really don't think that the Xbox, quote-unquote, as we know it, will be a thing in the future. You know, and some listeners might disagree. Feel free to email if you do, listener. But I would say that Sega has probably been doing better for themselves post-consoles. I mean... Probably, yeah. not Maybe not financially. I know that when Sonic just totally overtook the majority market share at the beginning way back during the console wars that Sega probably hit their high point but in terms of the quality of their franchises and the creativity and the reach that they have in terms of like 
the amount of platforms these things come out on, the amount of support they get from all kinds of different angles. It's Sega's not in a bad place with where they are. Yeah. And I don't really think that Microsoft would be either because they would still control Windows, they would still have Game Pass, and they would still own several studios. Mm-hmm. Without a box, they would be able to make everybody aware even people who don't pay attention to the presentations and marketing everybody would have to become aware that these games are available in multiple places via streaming or download or whatever as the main focus you would find that out right away and microsoft would be able to shift fully into that without having to like go through this complicated process of telling people yeah you can buy the box but you don't have to and this one has a disk drive, but this one doesn't. And this one you have to have a subscription for, and this one you don't, all that. Yeah. Because it, eventually it's going to just become burdensome to have like so many different storefronts that are all basically the same thing with little weird caveats. Uh-huh. Like right now you can buy Xbox Game Pass Ultimate that comes with everything. And if a game comes out on Xbox Game Pass, that usually means it comes out on pc but every once in a while something comes out on xbox game pass for xbox only and that's never and it's never explained like within the catalog you basically you have to figure that out for yourself just Mm -hmm. by noticing that it's missing so there's all kinds of stuff they could benefit from just sort of coalescing everything together i think yeah i mean like heck i'm not going to buy an xbox anyways so why would you? You can better play for, Halo better, on PC. Better for me. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, but I'm I'm totally with you. I think that makes a lot of sense. <sighs> oh, Xbox. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see what this will do or mean for the next Xbox console, but this is not a great sign. Yeah, I, I am with you, I guess. We'll see what the holidays look like, but it doesn't seem like there's going to be a whole lot of competition between the two yeah. this holiday season. Yeah. I wonder what happened, and I hope that what happened isn't I hope it isn't that they're redoing something because of the reaction Um, to that trailer. I only briefly skimmed through the message, but what I think I remember seeing was something about just, you know, working from home due to COVID. Okay, that that makes sense. Phil Spencer was also on Animal Talking, which is the uh, talk show hosted entirely in Animal Crossing. And he actually talked about this. He said one of the reasons that they wanted to push it back was to make sure that it all came out as a whole instead of doing it in bits and pieces like i guess was originally the plan um they wanted to have an entirely whole game that they could ship on a disc or whatever before they released it so good yeah cool yeah you can't fault them for that but like still man i i I, not looking good i've said this before but like i think it's all going to come down to the price point and I still think that the Xbox is going to be significantly cheaper than the PlayStation, and that's going to well, be... Well, yeah, because it doesn't have anything to play yeah. on yeah. In it. Like, yeah, it's going to be a lot cheaper, but I don't know. I still think it's more expensive to spend $300 on something that doesn't come with any games that just sits under my TV. Yeah. Hey, when I first bought my PlayStation 4 back in 2014, I remember picking it up and then being excited for next Thursday because I got to play my first PlayStation game seven days after <laughs> buying my PlayStation. I got excited because they were going to release Infamous Second Son. And in the meantime, the only thing I had available was the first ever free PS Plus game, which 
is Rezogun. I left a little pause in case the listener wanted to guess. <laughs> I don't know if anyone would know that that game was Rezogun, but I, I remember because Rezogun. it was the only game I had until Infamous Second Son. Wow. Yeah, long and titles I, are normally rough. I also remember going to Alex's house during that time and watching him play Captain Toad Treasure Tracker and just being jealous of his Wii U because he had a game. That's a hell of a <laughs> sentence. Jealous of someone's Wii U. Because it had games on it. And I was That's like, true. oh, I can't wait for Infamous Second Son, a game that I don't care about in a <laughs> franchise that I don't care about. Hey, that game's freaking great. It it's is great. Game. And I'm and I but I would never know that if yeah. it wasn't the only game that I could buy. Yeah. Because I didn't care about Infamous. I liked that game though. I'm glad I did. And and to be fair here, uh, the 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 Wii U had been out for like oh yeah several years before yep. this. Nintendo always gets the jump on the next generation consoles. I only so there were already games on this. It launched with like Pikmin three, which is like a solid solid enough game. But like, is that really a game you want to lead your? your oh yeah, console I, with? I I I only say that to emphasize how dry the beginning of that console was, and how and how many of the games that came over were also coming out on PS3 at the same time like the new like the Wolfenstein reboot um was cross plat yeah. Dark Souls 2 came out pretty early on mm-hmm. uh, Assassin's Creed came out pretty early on all of those things like Black Flag all of them were you you could have gotten them without upgrading um heck even all the way into 2015 I actually played Metal Gear Solid 5 on my PS3 instead of my PS4 yeah, what a weird yeah. thing that that is. I suppose that'll so, happen this time around too. Yeah, so <laughs> we'll see. We want to go over the the last story and then talk about our 2007 game. Yeah, yeah this no is one. a nice story. You say same for me to do yeah, it. Yeah, it's your story. Uh, there's this game called This War of Mine, which a lot of you have probably heard of. It is a survival game where you play. A group of civilians struggling to live through a war in a fictional East European country. While the war is happening outside, you're getting updates on the radio about, you know, rebel or state movements and whatnot. But really all that you're concerned about is making sure you have enough food, water, warmth, and supplies to just survive. Um... It's a it's a really interesting management game with a strong message, and uh, apparently the government of Poland agrees because it has become, as of quite recently, I think the article came out a couple days ago, the first game ever to be added to a school's required reading list at a national level. So Very this cool. is going to be a piece of like academic source text for children in Poland. Which, uh, no, no game has done that before. Poland, however, has been in the news in a similar way in the past when they gifted ex-president Barack Obama a copy of The Witcher 2 Assassin of Kings. I, uh, I was just going to say that... was a big deal, but, like, I doubt that he ever played it. He said he actually <laughs> said that he played it for a little bit. He's like, I'm not into video games, so I put it down. <laughs> but... If there is any country that I can think of that this would be a thing, it would be Poland, because their primary yeah. export is video games. Yep. Right? Like, uh, CD Projekt Red <laughs> is is huge. They're a massive company. Um, so I think it's really interesting that this is the first company to, or sorry, first uh, country to to have this as a as a thing, you know? Yeah. And that's a great game, too. 
Mm-hmm. We've only played a little bit of it, but five, I, five or six hours. Five maybe? or six hours. But I don't. I don't think I can agree with your initial reaction, Alex. That like not a lot of people have played it. I mean, it was big enough to be turned into a board game. This was a really yeah. big game a few years ago. Um, most of the people I'm friends with have played it. It's well, most of the people we're friends with are quote unquote core gamers. You know. Sure. Like well, I don't soon think every is... child in Poland will be. A core That's gamer. true. Yes. <laughs> uh, they're creating an army the of, of the core day, gamers. I think... <laughs> It's the perfect game for this. I think it's a really good call. Yeah. I think that this war of mine is the one thing about it is that it's kind of janky in the way that a lot of like indie sort of PC focused games like this are where it has a kind of feel to it. It's a little bit finicky if you haven't played similar games. Mm -hmm. Um, And I wonder, I, I guess... The other thing about it, besides it being a little bit finicky, don't get me wrong, I love this game. It is one of those games that, in praising it, could not really be described as fun to play. Yeah. Which I think is a core piece of its message, right? Um, Surviving is tedious and scary, and it's it's not exciting in in any way. Like you're not you're not doing these last minute saves or these dramatic heroic runs you're basically when when i played our group was running out of water and i sent a guy out to this abandoned skyscraper and when he got there there were two bandits there um and they just trapped him against a ladder and and mowed him down this was after i said get out of there nolan you will die and he went no it's fine i thought i can handle these guys and then i couldn't and i died big time and then nobody had any water and they all you know they all died and uh i guess what i'm slowly rolling around to is i wonder if if this game's gonna have a reputation in poland of just being that uh, like not fun game that it's you gonna have be to their play oregon trail yeah <laughs> that they don't let kids don't like it won't be cool in poland anymore maybe which is kind of interesting <laughs> yeah. oh man that is i don't like, know i mean you, you think about like uh oh god what was that book um I don't remember. It was Hatchet, right? You're talking about Hatchet? Uh, no, not Hatchet. No? Okay. But Hatchet's that book a good was cool. example. Hatchet is cool, but like a, a book that's like required reading. That's like not yeah. a fun book, but if you enjoy reading and you engage yeah. the topic, then it's an interesting thing. And I think it'll be this game. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. It, it, so in we any have case, anything? I, I think anything more want to say about it, or I think it's an amazing precedent pre- precedent to set. I. I'm really, really happy to see games recognized in this way in general. And I know that this is a recognition of this war of mine in particular, but the very fact that a piece of interactive media can demonstrably be shown to be worthy of being used as a learning tool and to show people history and teach empathy is really powerful. And I hope that it happens more in the future. And I know that it will in our lifetimes. And I'm really happy that I got to be around for the first time that it ever happened because this can this is going to be a piece of gaming trivia forever. You know, people this will pop up in some did you know gaming YouTube video in like 2090, and <laughs> will and will have been here for it. Yeah, yeah. And true. and apparently, you know, gaming will still be making videos in 2092 on on YouTube. Yeah, that's the yeah. other part of my alt history here. Can't wait to see it. Can't wait to see it. Yeah, when I'm Speaking 103. Of, uh... Speaking of history, uh, you guys want to talk about your favorite game that came out in 2007, and we don't have a whole lot of time, so... Yeah, it's easy. 
I have my first one, my runner-up. It's easy. You don't even need to think about it. What is it? Lord of the Rings Online came out in the year 2007, and oh. it is, even though I say WoW is my favorite MMO, Lord of the Rings Online is a better MMO, and it is the only video game that I have ever found that is incredibly accurate to the source material of the Lord of the Rings. Okay. You do love the Lord of the Rings. And it's perfect, and I love it, and it's the perfect MMO. I won't, we don't have a lot of time, so uh, that's all. My runner-up is Os. The rhythm game, Os. Oh, good, good choices. Oh, yeah. I yeah. love that game. I didn't start playing it in 2007, but it's, I hell, I was playing it like last weekend, mm-hmm. I yeah. think. That is a fun forever game, and yep. I love it with all my heart. And it's really not pronounced Os? I thought it was Osu. Well, if you're, um, if you know, in, ja- in Japan, it'd be oh, okay. Os. All right. Really okay. All right. And not to be repetitive, I know I say it every week, but just so we don't whiplash listeners coming in on this episode, every week we talk about the best games of a year in the past we started in 1995 we go up one year each episode and now we're talking about 2007 just so that people don't randomly wonder <laughs> what we're talking about here that's a, yeah that's a good point do you have one alex uh i do i was between a couple of them um but i think i decided on uh portal oh. i really i really really like portal portal is a very good and interesting and important game um yeah i i i mean Portal is a lot of people's idea of a perfect game, and, like, I don't know if I would completely disagree. Portal is a very, very solid video gaming experience. It is just pure video game in a way that I haven't seen since something like Mario 64, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Portal's great. Portal is. Portal's solid. It's a a cute, short little package of perfect. Yeah. I would be tempted to say Portal 2, but... you already took Portal, so I have to you be a little bit Portal. more... Yeah, but I, I was already torn between Portal and some others anyways, so I'm not going to steal Portal from you. However, I will say, I think your choice is objectively the better game than my choice. But for my personal history, what I was playing in 2007 was Legend of Zelda The Phantom Hourglass. Oh, really? And I don't think that by any means that's the best game of 2007, because if I were to give you objectively the best game, it would be Portal. It would be Bioshock. And Bio- that was another weird, one I was thinking about, yeah. By a weird thin stretch of like talking about multiplayer games, it would be Call of Duty 4. But for me personally, it's Phantom Hourglass, because I played that game all the time. I remember learning, like I was 10 years old when that game came out. And I always have a practical example of how moisture in the air works because I remember sneaking that game under my covers at night and having (laughs) to periodically lift the covers to wipe the screen off because my breath would make everything on the screen like get distorted. (laughs) And that I never, I never forgot how moisture in the air worked when I was 10 because of that game. Wow. (laughs) It's as influential to you as this war of mine will be to all of the Polish babies. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. They're one to one. I'm just doing homework, mom. <laughs> Got out of my room. That's. I like that choice. Yeah, yeah, that's, that, that's a good choice. one. I was expecting Bioshock. I also remember bringing my DS to McMinimins, um, John, McMinimins, John Barleycorns in Tigard, uh, the oh, restaurant, the restaurant side to get a burger with my dad, and I remember that it was you know his weekend to see me, and I brought my DS, and we were at the. McMinimins and I was playing Phantom Hourglass and it always sticks out to me because I was 10 and I didn't think about these things but I definitely remember him being like hey 
I get to see you for dinner twice a month. Maybe you could not play Zelda the whole time. And that tells you a little bit about how much I was addicted to that game. Yeah. That's all. That's my story. That's a I good like story. It. Thank you, Nolan. Mm-hmm. Thank you yeah. for sharing. So Lord of the Rings <laughs> Online. Is it Lord of the Rings Online or Osu? Or Os? It's Lord of the Rings Online. Okay. And then Portal 2, and then Hourglass. With, like, the minute we have, can I ask you, does that game stand up today? Like, would that be fun to play right now? Lord of the Rings Online? Yeah. Yeah, they're still updating it. Really? No way. Really? They they haven't even... I don't think... If they got to Mordor, I'd be surprised. They may have just done that. Wait, wait, wait. wait, They're not even in Mordor yet? Where are they? Yeah, so it it follows the books. Um, Well, you're playing, like, alongside the books, but each expansion is, like, a huge part of the map. Um, Just uh, 20... 13 i think they did like the riders of the rohirrim expansion where you went to rohan finally like they wow they include these giant areas and these huge expansions like every couple of years and they're still doing it and it still has a really active community and if you like the lord of the rings and you don't like toxic online games and you want to play a hobbit and buy a hobbit house and decorate it play that game it's so fun in the soil i'm in the soil you don't have to be a hobbit you, can you have to elf. live in the soil, though. You can be a dwarf. You can be human. Were you a hobbit? Wow. Sometimes it depends on the um, role playing. I feel. Oh, like. you had multiple characters. Oh ah. yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I primarily play as um. Human? No, elf. Even though the elves are the worst, IMO, but the uh, their lore is cool. <laughs> so fair enough. Yeah. That sounds fun. You can, like, hey, hold on. People still have festivals in that game, and you can, like, oh. grow your own vegetables and stuff. So you'll, like, grow your own pipe weed and make designs with it and just, like, roleplay as a hobbit going around Hobbiton selling your pipe weed for the festival. It's awesome. so good. That game's so good. Sounds I... like uh, the best parts of what people talk about Star Wars Galaxies, like the player-driven economy and, yeah. Yeah. and stuff. Absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a good game. Well, that's about all the time we have, so. Yeah. yeah. That has been... The Emerald Games Cast episode 37. I've been and continue to be Nolan. With me has been. I'm a hobbit. <laughs> and also. I will more than likely continue to be Alex if I survive the trip to Mordor. And if you want to email us a link to a picture of your Lord of the Rings Online hobbit and your a hobbit recipe. A link to a picture recipe, of your Lord of the Rings Online hobbit. Then do so at ODE gamescast on twitter or emeraldgamescast at gmail.com and send us a one to three page essay (laughs) on your best fortnite moment (laughs) send us a a 10 minute youtube video compilation of your best headshots in fortnite send us a 30 minute self-made podcast about the decline of the modern Sonic franchise. Send me your payments for for Fortnite and I'll send them to Apple. Don't worry, I definitely will. <laughs> and that's... Can you send me like a coupon for like a burrito or something? I'm kind of hungry. Yeah. Send Alex a Chipotle gift card. Nah, send him Kidoba. Kidoba no, is- No, I'd rather go to Chipotle. Okay, this is the final one. This Send us your podcast. opinion on if Kadoba or Chipotle is better <laughs> at our Twitter at email. That's been the Emerald Games Cast. Thanks. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>